people just want to yeah. hear they want to hear an honest story and a great performance and that was a big thing for me because I was when you're when when I was doing that it was like I only had a certain amount of time to finish a song and I'm somebody who's like a super perfectionist yeah. I will go back and rewrite and do all of this stuff but I'm like the record needs to be done in three days like whatever I'm writing right now is it so yeah I kind of just had to allow myself to be like I'm gonna do my best and whatever shows up on the record it's honest it's real and I feel it and everyone in the room felt it my producer felt it and that is good enough like <laughs> Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions shape our identity and our lives. I'm your host, Pam Schaefer, and our producer is Laura Studeris. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can head over to our Patreon to support us directly and get transcripts of all of our episodes, or you can come hang out with us on your favorite social media platforms, where we can be found under WNB the podcast. For this episode, we spent time with Bryce Drew, who is a brilliant and wonderful eclectic musician and writer. I hope that you enjoy our chat. So yes, you you painted all of your walls during lockdown. And I was like, tell me more about the color selection, because that was what first struck me as it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, Well, this room that we're in is my studio. So I wanted it to feel a little bit more grounded, but at the same time moody so I can get emotional and my music in here um and focus and I live in a very I live in West Hollywood in a busy area of Los Angeles so I felt like I needed something that would kind of keep my feet on the ground you know and the rest of my the rest of my home I have my living room is peach so it's airy Mm. and my bedroom is like a very light blue so it's calm and I kind of like I got I got very obsessed with it. I would like stand in different corners of my apartment and try and see all the colors from one area and feel how they complement each other. It's super silly, but very effective. <laughs> that that speaks to my heart. I was Aww. like, for one, that's really funny. I lived in West Hollywood for years and just moved up to Beechwood. So oh. like I'm right up the road. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking like... about. Yeah. Yes. Beachwood is gorgeous. Yes. And like it's it's so funny like I I feel like I'm in a different world even though I'm like 10 minutes away from where I was and like I was actually I was born in West Hollywood I was born at Cedars oh no way like yeah how funny (laughs) so you know exactly what I'm talking about (laughs) more than I know what I'm talking about oh yes (laughs) (laughs) that's what was so funny I was just like oh my goodness and like and one of the reasons I moved was that during um, like during lockdown, I kept redoing my space. But I realized, mm-hmm. especially being from like being from that space, even making like a 10 minute jump to another space made such a big difference and informed like how I thought of my space differently. And a lot of wow. that had to do with color. No way. Like, yeah. <laughs> tell, dude, tell me more. What did you do? Like when I designed this room, this is my studio too. Like you can mm-hmm. see there's, I'm like, what? yes. 
like, you went for a depth, depth like... of color too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I was I was trying to figure out if I wanted to paint or if I wanted to do something different because if I get curtains, I can change the color of the room and make it that warm moodiness while changing the sound in the room. Yes, 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 yes. So, yes. Exactly. I have <laughs> right in front of me, you can't see it, but I have curtains that are like heavy velvet, the same color as the wall. So I understand completely. Yes. I do. Yes. And the whole apartment was white uh. before, so it it changed the entire feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like when I moved in, it was same thing. There's all white walls with white trim and all of the lights. I was just like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna tone that down. <laughs> it makes the biggest difference. The biggest difference. I don't know if you feel this way when I'm writing. I like to feel almost like cozy and kind of ensconced and like I can I can tune into elsewhere. Whereas if it's too bright or too like lively, I feel like I'm I'm tuning into the outside instead of the, the exactly. inside. Exactly. Exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It helps you focus on what's in your mind rather than drifting around. <laughs> yes. Ah. Oh, how long have you been in West Hollywood? Uh Almost five years now. Mm-hmm. I was in Nashville before, and I'm from Miami, so. Ah. Oh. Yeah. What feels different in the different places? Like, how do you feel like it changes what you end up creating? Oh, <laughs> a, there's a big difference. Um, I feel that West Hollywood is much more similar to Miami in a way like I haven't out of the three places Nashville is the most different obviously like they both West Hollywood and Miami are both by the ocean they both have a very diverse community and artistic in a different way like as far as color and aesthetic and everything we were just talking about (laughs) Miami is huge (laughs) I know West Hollywood like the traffic right now I'm like what is going on Um, (laughs) Nashville doesn't have that that. (laughs) you know (laughs) it's a lot going on outside Um, but you have the ocean you have visual arts all around and different kinds of entertainment Nashville for me is storytelling and quiet and um it is emotion too and it's connection but those are those are more the center than it is other forms of art other elements of art Mm. i feel so Mm -hmm. yeah when i'm in nashville i'm much more focused on the bones of the story and just telling the story and i try and take that anywhere i go but i do feel that Sound-wise, when I'm in Los Angeles or in Miami, like I get, I can go different places. I'm a little freer, sound-wise. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That like the proximity to like the ocean and openness, and like you said, also, kind of like. It's interesting to think about like the bones of the story versus almost like the trappings of the story. Yeah. Um, 
that in some ways that's good to be in a place where you can focus on like what's the skeleton, what's the structural integrity, and then you go elsewhere and you're like, okay, what are the frilly bits that I'm going to put on this? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like how do we color it, right? Like once you get once you get the outline and you get where it's going, like how do you then capture the emotion in a, in a way that's different and unique to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, have you found that you've had different collaborations in the different places? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, when I was in Nashville, I was studying songwriting and it was very, it was different. We were all learning how to write music. And when I go back to, it's just, there are a lot of people who are mainly songwriters and that's a beautiful thing. But in LA, my experience has been totally different because I moved here to make my record and work with mainly one producer, but all like I, there are a lot more people that are artists or producers that are willing to experiment or have a certain thing going than I come across in Nashville. And I'm not saying that there Mm. aren't artists or producers out there. There are, they're just a different kind of experimentation. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like the kind of experimentation that's going on in L.A. right now must have really resonated with you to to move out here. I was like, oh, that's really bold. I was like, yeah. I admire that bravery. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I do think you you have to, like, go where you find the right collaborators and the right energy for you. And for me, that was here. Yeah. You know, I have friends where that was Nashville. Yeah. But for me, to have the ocean and people who are inspired by multiple genres and all different kinds of instruments and soundscapes that are different to my own was more inspiring and I felt made me want to focus on on creating my own thing more than it did yeah when I was in Nashville yeah I like that you bring up the ocean a lot. I spent a yeah. lot of time <laughs> swimming in the ocean as a kid, and I was like, do you go to the beach a lot? I do. It's my place. It's my place. I mean, I grew up in Miami on the boat on the weekends, and my mom is from Trinidad and Tobago, so I grew up on the islands, and mm-hmm. it's a big part of it's a big part of me, so it was a big selling point on L.A. because I was like, I can just drive to the ocean whenever I want to, even though it feels like a different yes. kind of ocean, it's still the ocean, you know? That's what I was actually about to ask because I was like, our ocean is actually really cold. <laughs> it is, but it's still the ocean. It's still that like vast, mysterious place that you can just feel, you can feel the power just standing right next to it and forget about everything, but also think about everything at the same time it's magical you know yes (laughs) yes like growing up going to the beach oftentimes like I discovered as a teenager once I got my license that I could drive to the beach and not even go in the ocean I could like sit by the ocean and I was like oh because I remember I don't know if you had this experience but as a kid whenever I was at the beach I was just like must go swim this is what happens at the beach go in the ocean yes Uh, definitely (laughs) yeah and I didn't understand like why why are my parents not hopping in (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's definitely much colder here but there are days 
there are days in the summer when you're just like, yeah, this is the move. It's time. This is my one oh, shot. Yes. <laughs> this is the yes. one season where it's totally going to be okay. <laughs> and there's also, I find that there's something so comforting about going in the ocean and being super cold and like kind of losing feeling in your limbs, but then coming out and getting to wrap yourself in warm coziness and like watch the waves. Yes. Very, very unique, very refreshing seems masochistic but feels amazing yeah it's invigorating <laughs> especially when you're like can I do this are you sure I can do this and then you get in there and you're just like I did it I totally did it <laughs> yes and it was worth it and I feel alive <laughs> oh this makes me so happy and I'm like gosh I haven't been to the beach in a hot minute like I had promised myself this summer oh I'm totally gonna go to the beach more and did mm -hmm. I like no <laughs> I know it's always like that I I went a few weeks ago and I was just like it's not like it's that far why don't I just make it a point to take a little drive like once a week cleanse my soul exactly. <laughs> but I always Exactly. It's just a thing. It was the same thing in Miami. Like when you live near the ocean, you you don't think about it. But it is nice that it's there, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. It's comforting that it's always there when you do remember. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And the ocean's like, I got you. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you should Aww. go soon. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm already thinking, I'm like, do I have anything on my schedule tomorrow? Can I just go to the ocean? <laughs> you totally can. You totally can. Work it around the schedule. Do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I've got sunblock. I'm good. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. <gasps> and thinking about like place, I'm curious, how much were you, how much were you like with your mom and your family like in Trinidad when you were a child and when was the last time you were back like we haven't been able to travel as much recently obviously oh my gosh. And so I'm like, oh yeah I haven't been since I was 18 so like when I graduated high school that was the last summer that I went I went I would go every summer and my family would come from Trinidad to Miami and we'd just go back and forth um, but after when I graduated high school it became harder and harder to go because it's not that it's yeah. close to Miami, but once I went to Nashville, like I, the first summer I was in London at a music festival with my friends. And the next summer I was like taking classes over summer and the next summer I graduated and moved to LA. So there were other things yeah. that, and now I'm super far away from Trinidad. It's like the southernmost island of the Caribbean. So to get there. I would need to go to Miami and then go. So I'm hoping I'm hoping mm -hmm. soon I'll be able to go visit my family and I'd love to play a show out there. I haven't I, I haven't been in a long time. So it would be really nice too. Yeah. Definitely. It's a huge huge part of of growing up for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like thinking about place and even starting to talk about color, like at the very top of the conversation, I was <laughs> like, oh, I wonder if any of the colors like from your childhood like did inform kind of that sense. Because yeah. there's this very LA thing, especially recently where people are like, oh, everything is like taupe. 
and and beige and like and I'm very much not that but like whenever I see people employing like a lot of color sometimes I'm like oh I wonder where a lot of those colors are coming from yeah (laughs) it's definitely the Caribbean Miami for me also I grew up with my mom being a creative director and my aunt Holly my godmother is a painter so I grew up around a lot of color and a lot of conversations about color um and that's a way that I bonded as an artist with with them you know where our language kind of crosses over mm-hmm. yeah but a lot of these I mean even this color behind me is very tropical like the ocean and um in Trinidad the colors are very it's like a rainforest on the water so everything's very deep mm-hmm. and tropical and rich pinks and blues and greens um and Miami has a more art deco-y pinks and blues and whites and uh, a little brighter and poppier. So that that definitely yeah. comes into into play, I think. And pattern, too, in the Caribbean and Miami and um, Wynwood, the art scene out there. There's a lot of a lot of geometric patterns and use of use of line. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that inform then kind of like the visual art that accompanies your music? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I would think with my music, I think more about the emotion than I, I mean, I think about all of those things, but it's mainly about how do how does the color tell the story of the emotion in the song? Like, if you haven't heard the song before and you look at the visual, can you tell what it sounds like? Does it make you feel that or does it make you feel the same world of of that story, you know? Um, Yeah. Because I think that, like, there's a reason why the word tone and texture, like, those two words are used in both color and music. You know, because it's like the way that we communicate emotion on both in both of those things. And is there a way to take you say that like a voice sounds warm or a song sounds warm, then shouldn't the image feel warm when you look at it? You know, yes, like it doesn't even have to be if you say a color in a song, it doesn't have to be the same color that's said in the song. It has to has to do with the, the aura of the song. Like, how does it, if you close your eyes, what does it make you feel? Mm -hmm. Well, and color has so much meaning across cultures. I've been reading a book and I'm trying to remember the title because it's, it's a very evocative title. It's like the world according to color. It's so funny because like I can picture the the book itself because it's a beautiful color spectrum. And I believe it's by James Fox. I usually mm-hmm. am reading three books at the same time. Welcome yeah. to ADHD. It's fun. I love um, that. But, like, <laughs> but what I like so much about the way the book is structured is that it's structured by color, but it's like a cross-anthropological uh, storytelling of these different colors and what they mean over time. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel similar to you where it's like if I'm creating a visual like I want the visual to have that same tone as the music 
Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to think of all the different cultural connotations that come with different colors. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I love the vibrancy that you just described of the tropical colors, but that's going to hold like a very different cultural connotation than mm-hmm. someone else seeing a vibrant color. And I was like, oh, there's so many good color stories to tell. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. And it's also how the different colors work together, right? Like, in the islands, if you see it's very colorful like you would see a, a blue with a red and a just and a yellow all I mean that's all primary but like you would see everything kind of at once where I feel um rather than it just being one vibrant color like what story that's going to tell to somebody who's not used to to seeing that combination it's very interesting mm-hmm. yeah it kind of matches what you said about like people at least in LA that you've been collaborating with have been able to kind of almost like kind of like cross pollinate with different genres but it's like that contrast that ends yes, up creating exactly. something new that's the only way to create something yeah. new right mm-hmm. some people are gonna yes. like it some people aren't but you gotta try it that's the only way it's the only way to make it happen yes right? mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and thinking about that idea of some people are going to like it and some people aren't I find that and I don't know if you have this feeling my least favorite thing is when I present something that I've made to someone and they go oh cool <laughs> like I'd rather them be like oh my god I hate this or like or like, like I love this have, like, than, a, sort of, yes. than a cool you did that that's awesome like they're not even that's awesome but good job <laughs> Yeah, yep. where it's like, oh, great. Like, that's how I know. Like, I'm like, okay, I got to push up. You're in there. the safe zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The safe zone's not a fun, fun place to be. <laughs> no. 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 It can be scary, though, sometimes to like push yourself out of that. Like, I guess yeah. when you're working on things, what helps you get out of that realm of like the known? Like, what kind of gives you that little. Um. I think it takes me a second to real like it I have to finish it first before and then like once I listen to it and I can hear like oh this doesn't feel like it's completely authentically me or something that like only I would do or or that just it screams like it's coming from my heart you know um yeah you just have to sit with it I think it's easier yeah. Cause I do have a, ha- sometimes I'll just like stop myself mid writing and I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not worth it. Cause you're not going to finish it. <laughs> you're not going to finish it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you ever return to kind of those like half formed ideas or the ones that you didn't like push and find little nuggets in there? Or do you sometimes, or are you just like now? <laughs> yeah, no, I do sometimes. Like there's, I, I think there's a reason why some of those ideas stick around as long as they do like there's a if if you still remember it a year or two later and it wasn't done there's a reason why it's in your head you know I think yes there's something in there yes or else you would have forgot about it yeah that was that was not good goodbye (laughs) like I don't want to remember (laughs) this this goes in the random pile of notebooks over here it's fine Yeah, that'll happen sometimes to kind of, you know, go back and do you do you like to write, I guess, like, like manually in a notebook? Or are you more of a voice notes person? Like when you're creating, what do you like to do? 
both. Um, I definitely found that writing in a notebook is more efficient. Like, I feel like it's more natural and you get less distracted by other mm-hmm. things and you can write things before you actually think them when you get into a certain a certain point. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the free write and the let your hand kind of just mm. move on the paper. Uh, I find that like when I'm using my notes app or my phone, I get in the habit of like erasing things and going back and it's just like, you yeah. you lose that pattern of naturalness or seeing seeing like you could delete the thing that maybe was a good idea because you were editing in the process and now you can't where on a piece of paper you would have just scratched it out or moved to the next line right i think all of that stuff right. is really important yeah i do use voice notes too that's a really good point mm-hmm. see i find it easier for concentration hearing. yeah I love hearing like how songs evolve over voice notes too that's always fun to kind of go back and be like where did this how oh it's so (laughs) funny my my song that I released last week I have a voice memo of my producer Greg we had just come up with the first line of the chorus like we didn't have anything like the chords weren't even fully put out yet and he's just like okay i don't i don't want to do this but i have to go brush my teeth right now like that's in the voice memo (laughs) and i'm like go go brush your teeth right now and he's just like i i gotta brush my teeth did you brush your teeth i gotta brush my teeth and i'm just like why is this in the voice memo (laughs) because we wrote we wrote the song at a seminar so there were like 19 people watching us write the song so he's like if we're gonna go get up in front of a room full of people and write this song i this is important so he's like i gotta be ready so i have i have like proof on voice note that we came up with that song when when he needed to go brush his teeth (laughs) (laughs) it's the best ever it's the best i love that i love that that he's like no this is mission critical hold up yeah 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 oh my gosh wait so you wrote that song in front of people during a seminar I was like tell me more yeah so Greg he does there's this thing called mix with the masters it's an audio event and we were in the south of France for five days and there were just um a group of 20 people who flew out and spent the week with us and just watched us write and record this song. Um, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Wow. It was an, um, well, for me, it was like the song is personal to me. So I kind of just told them all about my life and I would like <laughs> run away and write this lyric and come back and have to present it to people. Um, it was pretty wow. nuts. Yeah. And the vocal that's on the track was recorded in front of all of them. So it's all in the moment, like right when I wrote the song. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, that's all of that is extremely vulnerable. Yeah. They were so supportive, though. It was a really cool. It was a really cool process to feel like, okay, I need to like. First of all, I need this song needs to be honest, because if it ends up like if we end up putting it out, I. I want it to be real to me. So that was the most important yeah. thing, right? Like whatever I showed up with that day was like something that I wanted to write about. Um, 
and that yeah. Greg, my, my co-writer and producer, felt the same way about it. And we yeah. did. But they were all like, like Greg was coming up with the track and I'd run away and write the lyric and come back and we'd bounce everything off of each other. And they were super excited where I was like, I can't tell if this is good or not. <laughs> like, I'm just going to throw stuff out there just like I would if no one was in the room. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a beautiful experience, you know. Uh, it was challenging, but also encouraging because there were times when I thought like something was maybe not the best, but everybody was like, don't trash that. Like, trust yourself was more. Like, no, wait, this is good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about having an audience for the creation process. Like when you're in the creation process, there is almost an imagined audience if you're thinking of sharing mm -hmm. something. But to have an actual audience there, it's like you're getting real-time feedback. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're on stage writing a song. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Did you end up getting to like actually get to know the people who were witnessing yeah. this or like was there kind of like a back and forth or? Yeah, we did. I mean, we were all kind of staying on location on at the studio um, for that week. So we all like had lunch and dinner together for the week and got really close, almost like a little camp, you know. <laughs> uh, so we still we still talk and stuff on social media. So it was a very moving week and we all, it was cool. Like I, I doubt I'll ever have an experience like that where that many people are welcomed into to my process. It was very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did, like after that, has it changed the way that you write? Um, I think it was a good reminder to, to put less pressure on yourself when writing <laughs> because people just want to yeah. hear they want to hear an honest story and a great performance and that was a big thing for me because I was when you're when when I was doing that it was like I only had a certain amount of time to finish the song and I'm somebody who is like a super perfectionist yeah. I will go back and rewrite and do all of this stuff but I'm like the record needs to be done in three days. Like whatever I'm writing right now is it. So yeah, I kind of just had to allow myself to be like, I'm going to do my best and whatever shows up on the record, it's honest, it's real. And I feel it. And everyone in the room felt it. My producer felt it. And that is good enough. Like I'm not going to, not going to touch it. And mm. I can't. And that was a good, that was a really good reminder because like I said, I tend to be someone who writes something and goes back and is like, wait, it's not ready to record yet. Or even like when right. we recorded my song Lucky Number, my <laughs> Greg, my producer, had mastered it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I need to edit the verse. <laughs> after, it was, after it was mastered. <laughs> and he let me do it. But I was just like... <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let it go. It's move on to the next yeah. song and, and trust that it's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. That trust in yourself, that sounds like almost, you know, the people around you trusted you to be doing what you were doing. And you're like, oh, maybe I could trust me like they're trusting me. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Exactly. Oh, <laughs> how did you meet Greg? Because I was like, he sounds like a really, or I'm sorry, is are Greg's pronouns they or he or I don't want to mispronoun. It's he. Um, yeah. He. Um, he sounds Thanks like an ask. integral part in what you've been working on lately. Of course. Yeah, he is. Um, so I met Greg through my college mentor, Jody Marr. She worked on the Mika record with Greg. So she wrote the song Grace Kelly. And mm-hmm. um, so basically, I, I went to Belmont University in Nashville. And one day I had seen Greg do a seminar. I was in the audience um, with Jody oh. interviewing him. And mm-hmm. just the way that he was talking about being an artist and what it means and the kinds of things you should be focusing on and what he looks for in a record and a song. Um, it was different than what everybody, all the other seminars I had sat in as a student in Nashville. Mm. It was, it was different in the way that I had explained about finding the unique thing for you and chasing a certain part of a song and being an artist those things I felt at the, at the time Nashville's developed a bit since I've since I've been there but it was much more country focused and songwriter focused and it felt like mm-hmm. everyone who came to talk to the songwriting majors had a certain plan it was like it was like spend every day writing songs for other people take your demos down music row get a few cuts and then you can make mm-hmm. your own record like build Right. Build that kind of, um, you know, like that repertoire and build your name up a bit before you can focus on yourself as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And for me, I had been writing songs, but it was all like mixed genre and nobody knew where to put me in the industry. And at the time in college, yeah. I didn't realize that that was because I was writing my own songs because everybody around me was mm. writing songs that were to pitch for other people. And I felt like, oh, that's what you have right. to do. So I would show people these songs. Right. And they'd be like, that's great. Keep writing. I don't know where to put that. Like, but yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I saw Greg, um, when I saw Greg talk, I was like, this guy gets what I'm talking about. Not, not only has he worked on some of my favorite records like he he did one and only for Adele and um Katy Perry like some stuff for Katy um I was just like like those are songs I grew up with as a kid that just made me like dream of being a singer um and he just I could tell he made me think of different paths in my career and different things that I could be focusing on that wasn't just the one Nashville way that seemed to be the boxes to check. And so after mm-hmm. Jody, Jody became my mentor after that seminar. And a year later, she introduced me to Greg. And I met up with him and we had a coffee in LA. And that turned into, why are we here having coffee? And I was like, well... I feel like we should make music together. (laughs) And he was like, that is bold. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> that is very bold. Me, fresh out of college, just like, well, I'm here. I'm I love shoot that. my shot. Uh, and yes. I, I played a few songs for him on with just me and a guitar. And he was like, let's make a record. And I moved out here three months later and started working with him. That's amazing. And yeah, we've been working together for four years now. So he changed my life. He made me think, where is my record? And he, and he, he just wanted to take what he saw of me playing with my guitar in front of him and capture that. He didn't want to change it. He didn't want to make it something that he can like pitch to somebody else. Like he wanted to put that. Right right where it belonged like in my vocal you know yeah oh yeah finding (laughs) finding someone who sees you and believes in you in that way and fosters what you have instead of trying to alter what you have is vital it's huge it's such a big deal and i realize how lucky i am to have found that i know a lot of people who who are still looking for that and I can't imagine not having it like it like I said it like gave me a certain a certain confidence and security in what I'm doing um even when it does get hard when you when on days when I feel like I don't have that big of a team around me and I'm an independent artist and I'm doing this like I know that I have him you know and that he sees it in a certain way and somebody believes in it and having having oh. somebody who believes in it is the biggest is the biggest thing i think other than yourself for the days that you yeah. need that that reminder mm-hmm. yeah cuz it's so much of it is that trust that we were talking about before where it's like when it's just you there is a certain amount that you can trust yourself but at a certain point like one of my friends referred to it as like healthy delusion And I love that framing of it where it's like you have to believe in yourself to a certain extent. It's like lightly delusional to be an artist because you have to believe that the thing that you are making that no one else has seen that even you haven't seen is going to be worthwhile. So Um, true. Yeah. And then having someone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, why would you be making it? Um, Yeah. And having at least one other person to be like, yeah, keep going. Mm -hmm. That can be really important because sometimes in the middle of the process, you're like, "Um, am I doing this right? (laughs) Like, what It's so easy to get lost in it. Yeah, definitely. Or somebody to be like, that's not, that's not it. Like, you've done better than that. Do it again differently. It's good to have those those people that can just keep you centered, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like thinking about even mentorship in the music industry like like you said a lot of people haven't found that person and a lot of times what I hear about is people that like find a mentor or find someone that they you know that spots that talent in them and spots that like spark but then they want to change that spark and that kind of undoes the idea of mentorship at least in my mind where it's like you shouldn't be mentoring someone to be someone else you should be mentoring them to like be themselves but even more so yeah to better what they've already created yeah Definitely. You want to make sure that whoever, that you're putting that trust in the right person, right? Like they're not trying to change you, that they're, that they see something in you and they want to take that and expand on it. 
and show you how to be the best version of that. Definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what you're talking about, I, I very much relate to the idea of you present songs and people are like, that's really interesting. I have no idea what to do with that. Um, <laughs> because trying to write for other people is a very different skill set. Like that's it a totally. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have to think less like, of what, what, what would I sing and more of what would everybody sing or what would that specific artist sing. Um it's different. I mean, for me, like I do these funky guitar things and I do these weird riffs or vocal melodies that just like naturally happen that jump around that are less accessible mm-hmm. or maybe in a weird range or just something that makes it not not as easy to just let someone make it their own, right? Yeah. I think that can be that can be a thing. definitely like I remember learning more about songwriting for like for licensing and things like that even like writing to Q where like the only way I was able to do it was to pretend that I was someone else like to actually make up a character for Mm -hmm. for that piece of music like it went beyond even creating a setting but there was one that I wrote that um it was really funny that it ended up I don't what was it even used for I was just like, also fun fact about ADHD, my memory, I will remember like the most obscure things, but the actual important things, my brain's like, nope, can't retrieve that file. (laughs) 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 And I was just like, it would be nice if you could, because I remember the character that inspired this, this one thing was supposed to be about like getting what you want. And I remember being like, I'm not really a pushy person. I was just like, who should I write this from the perspective of? And I was like, Angelica from Rugrats. That's oh my god, how go amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, that's such a way to concentrate into into an idea, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so random. I love it. <laughs> and that's, I mean, like thinking about, you know, being in songwriting classes and things like that, it's genuinely like, I think for some people, it's easy to tap into that. It's almost like you already have the palette, you already have the character, whereas it sounds like for you or for me, it might be like the opposite where it's like, okay, no, that's like extra level challenge to be like, yeah. how do I write something for someone else? <laughs> yeah. And you also have to... <gasps> I think it is a a thing to learn because you have to learn when to turn it on and when to turn it off, right? Like, because then when you're working on your own artist stuff too, like, I feel like, for example, with this song that I just released, uh, it's called Still Recovering, but the chorus has this synth thing that comes in out of nowhere and the verses sound like a ballad. And I, I love that about that. My producer loves it. It's like the thing that makes it different, but it also makes yes. it hard when you're talking to tastemakers and playlisters and people who like want to put it in a certain kind of a box where it's like, well, where does that go? Same thing where it's like, oh, is it that or right. is it this? And you're like, well, it's both of them. Why can't it be both of them? Because I just made something new. But then it's like, oh, but it's to that and it's to that. <laughs> and it's yes. just like... It's yes. such a game. There's no right or wrong. And it's it's honestly just trusting what where you want to go creatively. And 
as I was saying before, just being okay with some people liking it and some people not, and it'll probably not yeah. fit in a lot of places. <laughs> well, and that mm-hmm. whole idea of, you know, I mean, even the thesis of the podcast, I hilariously named huh. it after my favorite meme of why not both. I don't even think about that. <laughs> like... Exactly. Exactly. I don't even think about that. <laughs> Why not both a ballad and an alternative pop song? Why not? <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally on board with this. I love when I when something surprises me in a song or like mm-hmm. visually surprises me. I like like juxtapositions. I like things like that because like I, I think about even in classical music, like analyzing like Mozart. Mozart is like the most perfect music, but to me, it's not surprising. And so I don't actively enjoy it when I'm listening to Mozart Mm -hmm. because there's no, there's, there's no surprises. It's almost like so cleverly wrapped that there's no like, yeah, it reminds me of um, when I was, when I was writing my song, Lucky Number, Steve Perry walked into the studio (laughs) um, from Journey Uh and um (laughs) he ran out because he thought he interrupted my vocal and i was like steve (laughs) so like come back yeah i was like oh my god what is happening right now so i walked outside and he just started to throw advice on me the best advice and one thing that he said was to promise him that i'd never make music by painting by numbers and I was just, it stuck with me because you can tell, because you can tell. And he was just like, chase the goosebumps and the melodies. And to get to the goosebumps and the melodies, you can't paint by numbers. Because to do that, you have to surprise people. Yeah. So it's definitely something to remember. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> that and and even I think about what you said about, you know, like some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways that happens with art that's kind of like either ahead of its time or, you know, takes a few listens. Like every time Fiona Apple puts out a record, it actually Mm -hmm. takes me a few goes to actively like really, really like it. I always love her work and admire her work, but her work challenges me to listen to it multiple times. Totally. And like, I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very complex. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. And I enjoy, oh, just like shout out to Fiona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And like, I, I think about, I was, lis- I was like, hello, St. Fiona. Um, <laughs> no, I was, I was listening to an interview with, what's his name? Uh, Billy Eilish's brother, Phineas. There Phineas, we go. Phineas, yeah. Um, yeah. And listening to his description of a lot of the production work that goes into his records and, and and hers as well. Like, I like that he uses elements of surprise. Like, that's what I like so much about mm-hmm. a lot of the music that, like, they make together is, yeah. like, like, I think it was a breakdown of the song Bad Guy, that it's, like, it was actually made with different voice notes. Like, that, I guess, Billy had made, like, a voice note of, like, that, almost, like, that end part mm-hmm. and was, like, how do I fit this into a song? But then the beat was different and, like, that's what I like about that song is mm-hmm. that it does feel like it goes different places. You don't know what's going to come next. And I'm like, that I really enjoy. It's the best. I love that too. Yeah. 
It's yeah. like you can feel it throughout your whole body. You're just like, what just happened? <laughs> like, how did that yes. go there? You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, that's, oh, that's such a good feeling. I'm glad that you have someone that's on board with you that's like, yeah, ballad with alternative synth line. In the middle, I'm just like, oh, yes. Yeah, he's the, <laughs> he's the one who did the alternative synth line. He thought I was going to hate it. I, like, walked in with the lyric, and he was just like, uh, you, I don't know if you're going to like what I just did. And I was like, what is going on? Because <laughs> everything up to that point that we had done together had been very organic, guitar, piano just natural instruments mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> pulse pulsating synth line going on in the middle somewhere in the south of france just like <laughs> taking it to yes, a new place like, what? and i was like i'm into this let's let's go there why not yeah like, you know it was good and that's yeah to trust someone with your ideas like that too like that shows that on your end you really trust him that you're like all right go experiment mm-hmm. and the worst that happens is you're like well that that sure went a direction let's try it different oh yeah i mean there are things <laughs> that both of us are like yeah no keep that scratch that <laughs> like it's just yeah, the don't way do that other thing. <laughs> yeah don't do that other thing like good try but no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I just thought of like working with a friend of mine. There was a song that I wrote that, you know, was literally about I was about like depression. And he didn't like I sent him the voice memo with like just the piano and vocal. But he didn't Mm -hmm. know necessarily that it was coming from like, you know, like kind of like a ballad for depression. I didn't say that to him. I just was like, oh, I have this idea. And he took it in this almost like like flume meets lana del rey style like dance chorus because he took i get down as like i get down and i'm dancing not like i get down puddle of tears literally down um and wow yes and it was so cool because like that's still one of my favorite collaborations with one of my friends because Mm -hmm. like he just like he heard it differently and it completely changed the direction of the song. But there's also that trust there of like, instead of me being like, how dare you make depression dancey? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was more like, like, wow, I've never really taken cool... it that way at all. Like... Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> and finding people you can do that with is just priceless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's supposed to be fun in that way. I guess. You know? Yes. It's like the opposite of paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. Just throw paint at me. <laughs> 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 I just imagine what's the, the festival of holy where they like throw yeah. all of the all of the colors. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, what, or or like that scene in the Princess Diaries when you're throwing the darts at the paint balloons. That's exactly what it <laughs> yes. is. Like you never know which one's gonna splatter. <laughs> oh, I guess what's coming up next on your on your landscape of things? Like you got to release something, but I'm always, I don't know about you, I'm always looking at like, oh, I released something. What comes next? Like there's yeah. this restlessness about me. Oh, total restlessness right now. Um, I have my first full band set next week um, <gasps> on the 22nd with We Found New Music, 
which is exciting. Aww. So that'll be fun. I have rehearsals tomorrow. I'm so excited to like hear everybody come together and like feel my songs come to life like they are on the record, but on stage, you know? That'll be really, really yeah. nice, especially because like the last three songs I released through the pandemic. So getting to actually perform it, you know, it's a different feeling. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And then I have a music video coming, which I'm excited to see. We've shot it last week and I'm just like Ooh. really excited to like see it come to life. So in both in both ways, in the live setting, in the video setting. And then more songs. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> ah, that makes me so happy. Where did you, what's the conceit of the video? Like, where did you shoot it? What, I, I already am like, what colors are the happenings? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, we actually, we shot some scenes in the apartment in the different color rooms. Mm -hmm. And then we went and shot, um, we shot at nighttime in Koreatown. In the mm. same, I had this hot pink um sequin jumpsuit on in the cover art and we shot in the same in the same outfit so that you have the pinks and the blues coming together in a more live yes. real life feeling rather than just the lights so like in the yes. in the cover art i used blues and purples and reds and pinks to symbolize the emotions of being overstimulated and my face was all red um to feel mm. this like everything is deep and vibrant but it's also like draining me at the same time so I wanted the music video to take those colors but to show those feelings as they would be in real life rather than just a color mm. so mm -hmm. we have like mm -hmm. other people around me kind of like talking in my ears as I'm singing to the camera that there are performance mm -hmm. scenes in Koreatown where I am standing in front of a lot of traffic there's like a lot of external cool I don't want to give all the video away I kind of did but <laughs> <laughs> watch it when it comes out <laughs> you know I'm that was the, that was the gist of it like how do I pull the colors and show what emotions they symbolize yes mm -hmm. yes I'm very excited to see it. And I also I was just like, oh, Grant runs We Found New Music. I was like, that's yeah. exciting. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been so sweet. <laughs> thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WN be the podcast both on instagram and on twitter this season we are brought to you by under the radar magazine under the radar is a nationally distributed print music and entertainment magazine and website you can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on patreon extra special thanks to our producer laura studeris who is literally a rock star Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.